Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Is in the locker room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, back in the locker room, hour number two. Woo! We got another one coming. All right, the first hour was hot. I don't know how we're going to beat, you know, skydiving from uh, 135,000 feet. But you know what? We, we might be able to get to 136,000 with this show, Wolf. I'm just saying. And, and Not if is, you and I are the ones that are in it because I, I ain't going hey, out the door, baby. Hey, listen, but here's the thing. It's not going to take 10 minutes if we, if we combine ourselves. We're a lot faster. We're going to get to Earth a lot faster. <laughs> we are. We are. It is going to be meteoric speed. Uh, <laughs> Flame on. We'll be like the human Flame. torch. Exactly. Fantastic too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's painful. Oh. Exactly. The, you'll be the human torch. I'll be still the thing. All right. We'll just keep it with that. All right. <laughs> but oh, um, man. so you kind of teased it going into the break at yeah. the end of the hour, and, and is is talking about the additions that we made through trade and the two positions of need that we kind of were like, hey. You know, there is there. We need something else. See something just a little bit better. You know, it's one thing to count on potential. It's another thing to go count on resumes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think both of the guys that we signed, um, Jesse Davis and Malik Reed, respectively, for conditional picks, were quality um, upgrades when you look at resume. Um, but kind of talk to me a little bit more. You know, uh, Wolf, in, in your study and estimation, just. You know, Jesse Davis's addition to this offensive line. You know, Jesse is interesting because here's the thing about it. he's a six-year vet. You know, he played, uh, went to Minnesota this past year, didn't even get to play with the Vikings, uh, just went through the offseason with them, and then he ends up getting traded to Pittsburgh, which I'm sure he's happy with. But this guy started at every offensive line position except for center. Um, you know, he took snaps at right guard and right tackle yesterday with the Steelers, and he has started 72 of 80 games. Now, the downside is, you know, he played, I think it was right tackle last year, and he gave up eight sacks. Um, that's that's too high a number, you know, basically. Yeah. And there could well be good reasons for it. We don't know. You know, I mean, he, he comes with you, – you don't start 72 games in that league if you stink. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he doesn't. He's obviously been traded. He's a quality offensive lineman. Now, I I don't know that he gave up all eight sacks last year. That's 
what it inferred, but it didn't really say. You know what I mean? So yeah. the point is, um, it's not the be-all, end-all, but he's a quality substitute. Well, and here's the other thing, Wolf. We also know that not all sacks are, are the same. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're, they're yes. not. They're not equal. Boy, that's so, a big yeah. point, Max. That's a great yeah, point. That's a huge point because there's a difference between you getting beat off the ball and the guy making the sack. That's on you. But if if you've held the guy up for four seconds, your quarterback's running around and he breaks the the, the bubble, which is the pocket, right? And your guy disengages and makes the play. Right. That's not on you at that right. point, you know. Right. Right? Especially if you held the ball, if he's held the ball for about four seconds. Yeah. Like no. So so not all sacks are created equal. So it would be interesting to look at that sack reel and see what it looks like because obviously people just attach it to a name, right? And, and people are so eager to give defensive linemen stats, especially when it comes to the sack right. category. You know, they pa- they pass them out like Tic Tacs, right? Like, ah, does your breath smell? It doesn't, but I'll still take a Tic Tac, right? You know? And, and here, here, here's another. You get a sack. You get a sack. Everybody gets a sack. No. Um, so so that that's one of the things I think would be, you know, w- would be something that we get to kind of dive into as we get into the season and kind of look back at kind of that sack reel. Um, but I think this is a quality, right? Because we talked about how do you motivate, how do you in- create – um, competition internally um, within a group without it being overt. We knew that Coach Tomlin, you know, has already expressed his dismay and, and, and his dissatisfaction with what the offensive line did it in Jacksonville. Right. And, you know, it, 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 was, it got a little better, you know, in yes. the Detroit game, but it still has some ways to go till they make a unit. I think Jesse Davis is kind of that insurance policy, right. a guy that you know has been in this league, has played against top competition, and it, like you said, he brings 72 starts at yes. four different positions under his belt. That's a great resume to come in here and bring, right? Yes. So he does create that insurance policy for the offensive line coach and the offensive coordinator, but it also pushes those starters to continually work to get better. So I like it from that perspective that you need that guy to drive um, from behind and kind of push things forward. But right. uh, at the same time, he, he, he's, he's a quality ad. He's a guy, like, you know, I said this when we had cut down day, that, that ninth lineman at the time didn't know it was going to be eight, but we brought three home practice squad. Right. Um, did, didn't think that that last guy was on this roster. And you were and, exactly correct. Cause and Jesse showed right. up the next day. <laughs> He did literally, literally. It's like it's like he heard our show and he said, "You know what? Call them back, Agent Man, and let's strike a deal." Because Max and Wolf talked about it, and I want to come here. So thank you, Jesse. We appreciate that. We owe you a Caliente's pizza. Ooh, um, that would you know, be good. Next time we see, yeah, that oh, would be man. good. Right yeah, now. and you know what? It's nearing lunchtime, Wolf. I'm I trying, know. I'm trying to I also know. Stoke you the just flame. you just fired up the fun because they got this new chicken parm pizza that I'm dying to try. You know, you get, yeah. you get you get pizza, and then you add chicken. That's to me, I like that. That's still good stuff. But chicken parm on top. Now, now we're talking about something really special. Absolutely. And so here's the thing. So, so here, here, we're we're, we're going to dive a little bit off subject and come right back. I promise. Okay. Um. So I was at, so I I'm on the Fiesta Bowl committee out out here in Arizona. Okay. So we we had our we had one of our committee meetings last night, and they brought in food, Ooh. and they had this lasagna pizza oh you're kidding me oh it was it it gave me all of all of the lasagna feels on crust (laughs) it had the it had the ricotta 
It had the crumbled like ground seasoned ground beef with Italian oh, seasonings. Oh, had, a, had a little bit of spinach in there, and then mixed with the mozzarella Ooh. and a nice like like chunky red sauce, which was really nice. Oh. And yeah, so 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 talking about the chicken parm pizza, I, I I went ahead and I countered that with a lasagna pizza, but we still need to both try these, you know, as a, as a group and kind of commiserate over our notes. Um, Can I so say we must this? Make that happen. I, you know, the the gentleman, I throw as a gentleman, I throw it out to Calientes and say, hey, could you experiment a little bit with that lasagna pizza and add that to your <laughs> your fine uh, stock of of great pizzas that you got, man? Because whoa, would that be the piece that they resist owns? Yeah, and, and and if you call it the wolf pizza, we're not mad at that either. <laughs> just, just, yeah, hey, the maximum. Wolf. Mar- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a little marketing ploy. Just throw it out there, you know. Yeah, we like you guys. Yeah. We're cool. We'll be taste testers. <laughs> Send it to the studio when I'm in town, though. <laughs> yes, yes. This can be done, and we can make sure it happens. No doubt about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but no. Uh, so, so you know, talking oh, yeah, about we'll Jesse Davis, I think, I, I, I think, I think, you know, he he's he's a guy. I mean, it, it started with us handing him a pizza, and now we're creating pizzas. Yes. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. it's hilarious. Of course, I can't twirl dough, so that no, no. I wonder, I wonder uh, if they do that over at Calentis. You know, how do they spin it like the you know the globe trotters, like a basketball on their finger? I wonder if they can yeah, do that that. that. that maybe, maybe. I mean, mm. but you know, we'll find that out the next time. <laughs> we we well, we actually need to go there first together as as as, as a crew. Yeah. Um, before we can figure that out, we're a two man uh, crew. <laughs> yes, we are two man wrecking crew. Yes, but um, but no, let, let, let's talk about Malik Reed. Um, yes. This is another one I thought was a quality signing um, trade opportunity because you know we have Hamilton Rashid on the practice squad, and right. I thought he did enough to earn that opportunity to continue to grow. You know, obviously there's still some things that he needs to refine and clean up as far as contained responsibilities within the scheme, but. I thought he's a guy that can grow and potentially contribute if an injury should arise or adversity arises. I, would, I wouldn't feel bad putting him in a game. No. Uh, but Malik Reed, that brings something else. I mean, you know, from what you've read and learned, what, what, what are your thoughts about Malik Reed? Well, here's a couple of things. Number one, um, he's a guy that strip-sacked Ben last year, if you recall, during the game yep. with, the, you know, with the Denver Broncos. So I went back and uh, I, I watched some film on him last night. And what you see is an able-bodied, strong guy who sets the edge well. He's got a good inside stiff arm rush, you know, the one-arm stab. You know, it's oh, yeah. it, and, and it looked good up until he ran into Cam Robinson, you know, the tackle from Jacksonville. <laughs> Cam, Cam just yes. swallowed the stiff arm. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, Malik came, and God bless him, because Malik is he's a quality outside linebacker uh, who I think adds a little more depth to Derek Tuska, and I, I think a little more pass rush than Derek has right now. But Derek's compatible in his run defense skills, I think. But just watching uh, watching Malik, uh, he, he was really good with that one-arm stab until he ran into Jacksonville's uh, Cam Robinson because Cam's a beast. And uh, yeah. he did, it, it didn't affect him too much. But uh, anyhow, he started 34 games with 13 sacks over three seasons. He, I, like I said, he sets the edge well, and he's one of those excellent effort guys. He's played behind Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, which is a, a big twosome, just like the Steelers got in Watt and Highsmith. So this is very compatible to what he was doing out in Denver. No, absolutely. And here's the thing. Denver had a lot of outside linebackers in yes. training camp. 
Yes. They had they had a lot of depth. So he was more so a victim of numbers, not because of production. Because when you look right. at it, you know, was he going was he going to push Randy Gregory or Bradley Chubb? Absolutely not, because you saw that mega deal that Randy Gregory pulled off with them, and then the Dallas Cowboys kind of kind of went AWOL and thought they were cool and thought they could pull the deal and put some incentives in there. And Randy wasn't going for that. But, you know, Baron Browning is a guy you signed a year ago in the third round, and then you also signed Nick Benito um, this year. So you already had your four laid out, right, right. By, by guys who are draft picks. So he just fell, unfortunately, in the numbers game. But I do like adding him because I think he has a lot to offer. And we had, we had a need there. And when you already bring over 700 snaps played and, and over 15 sacks in your career yeah. so far – in a very short career, that means you like to get after the ball. You have a nose for the football <laughs> and the guy holding it in the backfield. Or you know chicken what I'm saying? Or pizza, yeah. Yeah, or yeah. lasagna the nose, pizza. Listen, the nose can be directed in different directions. It's right. just on a field, if you smell grass, you, you hunt for leather. You know what I'm saying? But when you're in a restaurant, <laughs> you know, sitting down and they bring that little pizza thing that you hold up the pizza on the table, right, right. you know, a little stand. It's like a pedestal. Yes. Then, then, then you change your nose. You know, you just adjust, <laughs> you just, just adjust the sense. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I really like this because when you're talking about ready-made guys and we're looking at last year and how decimated our defense got at certain points, right, because of injuries and just having the lack of bodies, um, you know, that's something the Steelers never want to go back to. I think that's that's also why you keep seven defensive linemen on the active roster, right? Right. It's like, hey, what, it, once you've been in a car accident, you're more likely to buy a higher level of insurance after said accident. <laughs> that's why you're keeping three quarterbacks, right? That's why you're keeping three quarterbacks because you've already had a precedent where you've had to run through four in the season before. <laughs> so, you know, these precedents set, up, set you up and you can see how roster construction affects that. Um, from the following year. But I think outside backer was one that was a need and was something that was addressed. They brought in a lot of guys to see who could fill that. Remember Vodders and Carter right. and, uh, and Carter and everybody else, yes. you know, Jannard Avery. Um, so I like the fact that you found Malik Reed, guy who's also been in camp. So he's already up to speed physically, endurance-wise. He's been through those paces. So now he can step in in season and just kind of pick up where he left off. And that, that adds a lot. So I look at both Jesse Davis and, and Malik Reed, those were two very quality signings to really bolster the 53-man roster and get you to a, a week one um, roster that's like, okay, we can we can go compete with Cincinnati. We 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 got some guys off the we got some guys that like to like to light their hair on fire and yeah. run off the edge um, with that. And you feel like you have it in waves too, not just your front line guys and then you're worried behind them. You got two solid layers now. When you look at the first team and second teams of that front seven you feel really good about what you're putting out on the field. You know, one of the other things that Malik showed and demonstrated was an ability to flip from side to side, even within a series. You know, at one point in time, he was flipping from the right side to the left side, and he, I think he even went back after a, on, a, on a drive bit to the right side. You know, and so the ability to, to flip from side to side, that's big in a backup. You know what I mean? Because well, some guys just naturally rush better off of one side. But if you can do it consistently and do it on both sides, you add value to what you bring to a team. Yeah, it's, it's playing that kind of strong and weak side, right? Right. Guys that just play exclusively to open side without a tight end and guys who play to a tight end. And so that's kind of a, it's kind of a throwback thing. You know, when we think right. about it, Wolf, right? When you have a strong and weak side players that play it, 
you know, I think that's kind of a cool thing. Like if you're a predominantly four, three under team, right? Four down linemen and three linebackers, the will backers at the second level have to switch. Right. Every single play. So technically I'm on the right one play. I'm on the left, depending on where the tight end goes or if there's motion. And then same thing with those defensive end type positions. You have a, you have a, you have a strong and a tight um, defensive end that you play. Actually, you know, what's funny. Did you ever did? And here's my question In, in Syracuse. Or did you ever play a team? Did you either a play or B play against a team that ran strong and tight offensive linemen? Yeah, where, I actually the, had to do that myself switched? at one point in time. I was, okay, I played. I played the uh, strong side tackle. Um, okay, for whatever, or was it weak side? I can't. I can't remember now. I, I flipped at, for one period of time, my sophomore year. I was flipping from side to side. Which when we played Penn, Penn State, we had Bruce Clark and Matt Millen. Okay, yeah. So you know what happened. You know, it's like it's like that? a beatdown in stereo. You know, I'm on the right side. I got Matt Millen. It's on the left side. I got Bruce Clark. You know, I mean, it, you know, yeah. it's just like okay, there's no there's no relief here. You know, <laughs> well, it's yeah, like Jerry you know, Clower, the the the, the uh, country comic. You know, when he treat yeah. a he treat a I don't know what a, a raccoon. He got up out of the tree and tried to shake it out, and the, he and the raccoon get stuck. He said, "Go ahead and shoot up here amongst us. One of us got to have some relief." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But you know, so funny. So I didn't. Uh, so I did it in high school, but we were a triple option team. I was okay. always the pulling guard. Okay. Um, and so I always went to the side that I was pulling, to, you know, to opposite right. side of where we were pulling for the strength of the play. So it was technically I was always a weak side guard. Okay. Um, but then we had a couple of strong side plays. But, um, but yeah, so I did, I did that crossover. And I think that's what also helped me, you know, and, and would you agree that it helped in your career later, you know, as you get to the next level, you realize you have position flexibility. And then my senior year at Florida, I actually was the swing lineman. I was a start. I was a st- Now, here's the thing. So I started the season as our starting right guard um, my senior year. Uh, But when we had our, you know, the warm-up game. Uh, But then we get to week three, and we're playing Miami, and they were like, Max, you got to go to left tackle. (laughs) I was like, what? What? All right. And then when guys would would, would need a blow, I would would rotate in at the different positions where guys were out. So I would rotate in at left guard, right guard, right tackle, back to left. Because we had a a pretty good – left tackle in Tavares Washington, who ended up going to San Francisco, um, you know, a year after me, uh, he got drafted. But so they felt good about Tavares coming in and filling in. They didn't feel good about him when it came front line uh, defensive line. <laughs> <It was> <laughs> <laughs> Miami had, Tennessee had, Florida State had, <laughs> Georgia had, you know. So, so it was funny. All the primetime games, I was exclusively a left tackle. But every other game where they felt good, I would rotate between the offensive line. Um, so, and that helped me later on in my career, right? Because I come to the sure. Steelers, I start the beginning. Of, my first actual start was at left guard when Alan Fanica was like, you know what? We already sewed up the number one seat. You go in, Rook. That was my first start was at left guard. <laughs> and, and then I, you know, I start three years at, at, at right tackle, and then I make the transition over to left tackle. So it just that position flexibility early on kind of helped me later in my career because I could flip things over in my head. You know, and also flip my footwork around. So it it helps you when you have that crossover, just like Jesse Davis and Malik Reed. Both these guys can play either side. They're not they're not specifically a specialist. In an era of all at pass rush specialists, edge rush specialists, I play this side only. Richard Sherman, I only play one side as a corner. Um, 
you need that flexibility when you're talking about the backup positions because you never know when the opportunity is going to come and you have to be available and ready to go and have that flexibility, right? Because we always talk about availability is the best ability. Yes. And when you can play both sides, that makes your availability even greater. Absolutely. Absolutely, brother. All right. Yeah. I think, right. I, I think we're up for this segment. You're up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was about to say. I, I, well, I just, I just looked at the clock. I was like, oh, oh, we got to go to break. All right, we're we're gonna, we're going to go to break. But when we come back, we're going to start doing what we call a preview, Wolf. Ooh, we're gonna okay. Start, we're going to start just. We're we're going to dip our toes in in the shallow end. We're not going to go to the deep end just yet. It's not game week, <laughs> but we're going to start to look ahead for Cincinnati and how that looks for the Steelers and also how it compares up against this roster and some of, you know, revisiting the past, but also looking forward into the future. That and more next on In the Locker Room with Starks and Wolf on SNR and ESPN Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're in the locker room, Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas. Of course, yesterday was Ninja Celebration Day, Ninja (laughs) Appreciation Day. Max, that uh, yesterday I thought was significant, and before we get into talking about the Browns, or I mean the Bengals, um, I thought it was significant and uh, just thanking the ninjas for all the hard work they do. No, absolutely. The ninjas work tirelessly. And, you know, it, it was it was great to see them because I think, you know, we even us as the broadcasters, the, the talent, so to speak. Right. You know, um, that come on the show. We, you know, we have we have a very easy job uh, yeah. to come in. And hits hit maybe hit a button. Not even, not even sometimes. Just adjust our volumes on our on our headsets <laughs> to make sure we can hear each other and ourselves. But the work that ninjas do to make sure we're up and running, that we're able to broadcast to all of you out there in Steeler Nation um, on, on a daily basis, um, does not does not go overlooked. And sometimes we can take it for granted because, like, we pop on, you hear us, you hear the music, um, we, you can actually hear us broadcasting. Um, that that that's something that the ninjas work tirelessly to do. So we really appreciate all that all that they do. Um, that was my first time meeting shirtless Tom. So uh, <laughs> that was that was that was cool. I'm glad he. Had, I'm glad. He, I think he had a shirt on. Yes, he did. Did he? Wolf? Yes, he did. Okay, he did. Good, yes. good, good, good. Um, but you know, but like I said, you know, getting to work with Wes, getting to work with Jacob, um, getting to work with Brian. You know, the sensei, sensei yes. Lamb. And then we had uh, Zach, the who we couldn't get. That's yellow belt Zach. Yeah, yeah. yellow belt Zach. There we go. So yeah. We, yeah. And, you know, they're, 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 they're the guys that really make things go. So we appreciate you guys. We hope that you had more than donuts. Hopefully, I think lunch was also <laughs> going to be provided and some meals throughout the day. So, you know, got to keep, keep your ninjas well, well fed and well rested. But you also, you can't take the thumb off the ninjas, though, Wolf. No, you can't. Because when you do, you don't get lights in your, in your, in your studio. <laughs> That's exactly it. I come in, and not only that, I had lights, but they take the lights out. I'm going, get Zooks, what was that? How about that? You know, so. I was hustling backwards. <laughs> Ninja West. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The old salmon technique. We got it. Swim upstream, West. No, it's all good. <laughs> all right. So you were talking. Right. You teased the Bengals. So what say you I, about the Bengals? 
I tease the bungles. I'm going to call them Ooh. bungles to the end of time. Let's just get it started right now, baby. Exactly. I'm putting I'm putting bulletin board material up a week <laughs> a week and a half in advance. Wolf. that's right. You put that up there that Max Stark still called us the bungles. There we go. See how far that plays. I probably will get kicked off the sidelines for that. Wolf, you'll have to do the game without me. <laughs> That's right. You can come up to the booth. That's all right. Yeah, exactly. I'll come up to the booth again. No, it's cool. you can eat it half time. I was say there's more food up there, anyways. Yeah. You know it, buddy. Doctor Bradley gives me gum on the sidelines because he feels so bad for me and Missy. Now, <laughs> see, you got to talk to Doc Bradley and get a little thing going here because he, you can get a couple of those power bars out of the locker room. He'll bring them out for you. Well, here's the thing. I'm now at the point because of our regulation. I can walk in the locker room and grab them, Wolf. Well, you know? but you, why bother? If you're going to bring them out, why bother? You know what I mean? That that that's true. But then now I'm not. Now I'm depending on somebody else to do it for. I got a backpack. I could just I could throw a whole bunch in my backpack. <laughs> and he brings out one. You don't know how long it's been sitting in his pocket. It could possibly melt, especially that peanut oh, butter one. Yeah. You know. Gotcha. You don't want to melt. You don't want a melty protein bar. No, yeah. nobody wants that. I can't see so, you with walking around with a backpack like Dora the Explorer on the sidelines. You're uh, too big for what that. What are you talking? But I do it every game, Wolf. And you look down like, where's Max at? He's the guy with the backpack on the sideline. Backpack, backpack. That, that, yeah. Backpack, 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 back. I used to I used to like Map. Map was my favorite one when I had to Did watch you? it with my kids. Oh. Yeah. I'm the map, I'm the map, yeah. I'm the map. That's, I'm the, that yeah, pretty that's good. a good one. I yeah. guess always, um, I thought the monkey was a little you know, it's a little overboard sometimes. Yeah, boots, yeah, yeah but boots, boots is a little was, bit of, and he had they were obnoxiously large boots at that. Yeah, who's gonna wear boots like that? I mean if you're a no, monkey. No. You don't yeah, need I mean and, and why are you I mean I get it's a rainforest, so you're wearing rain boots, but still. Yeah, come on. Yeah. It's have some decorum, bud. Yeah. You're I a mean, monkey. You don't need the, shoes. You don't need no stinking shoes. You go try to cross a river and those boots will suck you down. They're like waiters. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It gets right there in the mud and then you got that <laughs> suction cup feeling. No. Uh see now. We, let's we get jump back. The shark again. Yeah, we did. Let's come back. Let's come back to, to the bungles. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when, when we look at this, obviously 2021, right? Yes. We did not know the Bengals were going to be the Bengals that they were. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, gets injured the year before. You still have a lot of questions about a rookie. Does he have a sophomore slump? You know, it, can he really assimilate himself? Well, we obviously sh- saw, as the world saw, the team made it all the way to a Super Bowl. You know, right. he was that good. The guy overcame eight sacks in a playoff game, Wolf. He got back waxed eight times and still won the game. Uh, wow. So, yeah. you know, you think about that as a team, that has to give you a shot in the arm if you're a defense. Uh, that has to give you a shot in the arm, you know, as a coaching staff, as players, that you could rally around this guy. He kind of earned that that status and that cachet. Um, so, I mean that that's where we start at, you know, and you look at, you know, their their returning personnel. You still got Joe Mixon there. Um that that's still a beast. That was one of those games. Sorry about that. I had a little hiccup there with the water. Um but uh you know, after see, I got my knee replacement, I had hiccups for like uh 10 days. Nonstop. It was brutal. What from yeah, a knee after, replacement? Yeah, you know, yeah, cuz after I came out of surgery, I just started with the hiccups. And it was it was yeah. unbelievable, you know. It took yeah. had to go to the doctors get some stuff and, and take a shot. Oh, was, oh wow! Yeah, hiccups. Yeah. Can you Remind imagine? Me, like ten so, days. Um, 
Yeah, no. Just remind me ne- never to get my knee replaced then if I'm going to get hiccups <laughs> for 10 days. That's like a bad that's, – that's one of those side effects, you know, when you're reading – you know, when drug companies put the commercial up and they got all the side effects they, and they run through them real fast. Yeah. We'll cause gas bloating, oh, uh, yeah. intestinal d- d- uh, discomfort, hiccups. Yeah. What? Hiccups? <laughs> Where did that come in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, uh, we jumped the no, shark no. again. <laughs> we jumped the shark again. I know. We're going to get through this segment, yes. Wolf. <laughs> but but – you know the cast of characters that, right. that they bring. And, and and the one area that was of concern offensively was that offensive line. Well, you answer you answer that question. You, br- you bring in three brand new guys <laughs> to really bolster this offensive line because it was bad. I mean, I, I referenced those eight sacks. That was pretty bad. I remember right. watching. I was, in, I was actually, you know, sadly, uh, I was in Tennessee for that game. I wasn't at the game, but I was there for my father's funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I remember watching that game after the services. We 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 uh, we got back to the hotel, and uh, all all my family was up there. So I had all my uncles up there. Uh, so right. imagine all you know. It's me with all my uncles that are all former football players, and we're watching this game. It, it was it was tremendous. I I truly enjoyed it. Um, it was a fun moment in a sad time, but it was something where you're like, man, this offensive line is bad. I'm like, how can these guys make – and they kept the, – and for some reason, like you said, Joe Burrow just willed them to it. So you go in the offseason, you go grab Ted Karras from, from New England, you grab Alex Kappa from Tampa Bay, and you bring over Lyle Collins from Dallas. Um, instant upgrade. You draft a fourth-rounder this year, Cord- Cordell Volson, uh, who's going to man that left guard position, and then you still got Jonah Williams uh, manning the left tackle position. I mean, I look at this, and I say they've upgraded – and you also went and got Hayden Hurst at the tight end position mm-hmm. um, from Atlanta. Boy. So, yeah, he's he's a very big boy and a great and a great pass catcher. You know, hey, listen, we we saw this guy. He's an AFC North alumnus that right. came back for for grad studies. <laughs> he was a Raven he's in night, Baltimore. Right? Yeah. yeah, he he was a he was a Baltimore guy when they had that two headed monster with him and Andrews. Um, and so he comes back into the AFC North. So you look at this team on paper offensively, and you say, man. They still, they still got, they still got a, a a good squad in front of them, and they got better this off season on paper, um, and then also wide receivers, right? You still got Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Um, Those that, are that, the three. A, that is a that that eleven personnel theirs is is brutal. Yeah, that's, that, brutal. That, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I, I would rather see twelve and take one of those guys out and put in Drew Sample. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. But it's it's a team that I think with our defense looking at it, I mean, the question we're always going to have to ask, and this will be the first chance to prove it. We did get to see a, a glimpse of it in, in the Detroit game with the full force D-line and how they just handled the rushing attack and how they just pressured in the backfield. TJ makes the two, the two TFLs. One of them, of course, gets called back, but he, it, you know, he gets in the backfield, Cam and Tyson, um, just on the line of scrimmage, just pushing everything back and, and creating a wall to where, you know, the running back couldn't find a lane. Um, that's what they're going to have to prove first. You've got to stop the run for this team. If you can stop the run and make them one-dimensional, sadly, uh, in this situation, <laughs> and knowing that you have those three, I think it, it, it presents a better thing. But I, I like where we're at defensive back to combat those guys, right? I like Levi Wallace. I like Akello Weatherspoon. I like Cam Sutton. Um, out there to defend against that 11 personnel. You know, the biggest thing is going to be Tyler Boyd. I think, you know, yeah. Cam on Tyler Boyd, if he bumps to the inside, how does that go? Because um, that could be the, the, the changing factor. But I like where our linebackers are. I think when we get into cover three, we get into zone, I think you can present some problems, especially for those guys 
um, you know, like a Jamar Chase, who's more of that. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna beat you, you know, down the field more so, and just or if I'm taking a drag, I'm going all the way to the opposite side of the field, right? And eventually, my foot speed's gonna gonna outpace you. That I create a window for Joe. So having those guys be able to drop into those spots where you know the DB can only carry them so far, but now you can pop a back or you can pop that safety, especially if we're going three safety look, you can pop that guy in those situations and have that kind of little plug in, in, in some of those red zone situations. Because I thought that's what you know Cincinnati did really well a year ago was when they got in the red zone, they converted. Yeah. Um, but the problem is stopping them before that. I think that, that's a run defense. That's stopping Joe Mixon. And I think we got a good front seven to do that. But then when they get into 11, making sure you have the secondary support that can also play well with that. So I'm looking at that, and I feel, I, you know, <clears throat> I, I'm excited to see how this first game is going to go. I don't think it's going to be what we saw a year ago in Cincinnati when we when we got ran off the field. We got run <laughs> off the field the, is exactly in the yeah. first half. Yeah, in the first half, the the game was over. Um, I think you're going to see something a lot different this year around. What, 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 from your estimation, as you look at this and obviously having that familiarity with the Bengals, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, you, you highlighted everything really beautifully. The one thing about it is, remember, they gave up, the Steelers gave up, was it uh, five 200-yard games? No, four 200-yard games, and the yeah. fifth one was 198 to the Bengals. <laughs> you know, Joe Mixon had his greatest performance ever i guess it was against the steelers if i recall correctly last year yeah and we can't have that i mean yeah it's simply the, the steelers front end of the defense has to be spot on and be able to go up against these guys because it's like you said you know the one the achilles heel was that offensive line you know i mean when you, yeah. you when you, you got a guy like uh joe burrow is getting slammed that many times you know uh you got that, that's a problem you got to keep that guy healthy you know, he's already coming off a knee surgery for crying out loud. And he's, you know, if he's dodging flying bodies back there uh, as much as he was, that guy's not going to last long. So they did well by going out and bringing in three new offensive linemen and, and, and being able to do that. They have a terrific uh, trio in their wide receivers. But Mixon is the guy that that's problematic. I mean, I, I can't even remember what he rushed for last year, but it was it was considerable and huge. And this guy... He is a talent. There's no doubt about it. So the Steelers front end of their defense, they've got to be able to be, you know, top notch and up to snuff. But at the same time, you're going to have, again, what's your best defense is, your, is a good offense. The ability to control the run, uh, control the time, and be able to keep Joe Burrows and Joe Mixon and the, the, the trio of wide receivers, keep their fannies on the bench. No, absolutely. And to reference, Mixon. you were saying – I what Joe Mixer he ran for 1,205 yards. He averaged 4.1 um, yards a carry and 13 touchdowns. Uh, so, so he is a big engine yes. in that. And he also had three receiving touchdowns as well. So you must stop him and make them one-dimensional um, in the air because I think the more opportunities that you have the quarterback holding the ball in the backfield, the better chance we have at sacking said quarterback versus – allowing the rush defense and then you're kind of playing on your heels because you don't know if it's play action you don't know if it's run or you don't know if it's pass and that can really that can really start to start to jam you up and you could be more cautious in your rushes but if you can eliminate the run and not allow Joe Mixon to have a greater effect on the game then you're you're in a good place and I think this defense is built to do that this year especially with the depth that we have this year um you know, because obviously everybody's healthy. Remember Buffalo yep. a year ago? Yep. Right? <laughs> when everybody's healthy, it's pretty scary. 
and uh, and you and you add Larry Ogunjobi to that, who who just came over from Cincinnati. Right. So there's a familiarity there. Um, there's going to be some help there, and I think also he's a quality guy to have in there because now you can rotate in Chris Wormley, and now you can have him be more of that support character, which I think is going to be a great role for him. He can stay fresher um, in that D-line rotation, whereas a year ago he had to start because Stephon Tuitt wasn't here. So um, I like the way that we're constructed this year and how we're combating that, and we're seeing Cincinnati right out the gates as opposed to later in the year when they've caught legs. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. All right. Next up, one cut. And I, I got mixed up again, Max, so don't worry about it. You, you did. I, I, yeah, that's why I, that's why I paused. That's okay. I, paused. I was pausing for you, <laughs> and then you were pausing for me, and then we paused for each other. So it created yes. this pause. A very, a very, crea- a very pregnant very nice. pause. <laughs> yeah. Next up, one cut could have wrecked the Steelers' defense for the year, and we'll tell you about it on the other side. Steelers Nation Radio. You know, the thing about it is, you think how perilously, you know, it's hard to say with a broken tooth. I don't know why I got got that lisp type thing going. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it was dangerously close, shall we say. All right. The Steelers defense on the last cut down date, it could have been bad because the last cut was not the deepest. All right. The big cut came a few days earlier when TJ Watt almost doinked his knee and got when he got cut by TJ Hawkinson in the Detroit game. Max, I tell you, I was a little bit worried. You know, when TJ went down, he didn't get up right away. It was like I you know, it, you look at that and you know, TJ says he's got to handle it better because it's a legal block. But you know, it may be time to rule out the cut block. What do you think? You, you know, um, I think when you're going backside to front side, I mean, there is a safety issue involved um, with it. But, you know, I mean, we came from eras where that's what you did. Yeah. You I, know, full I, disclosure. I mean, it was taught. Yeah. yeah, full disclosure. So it's tough to say that, oh, my gosh, you know, an offensive player should care about a defensive player. <laughs> but <laughs> like you said, when, when, it, when it happens to your team, Right. You know, you, 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 you hold a breath. But then when you do it to another team, you're like, all right, there we go. That's playing hard. Right. So I'm kind of torn on it because I know the necessity of especially when think about this. You're trying to cut off Aaron Donald on the backside cutoff. Right. Right. And he's head up to inside on you. Oh, you're done. Wolf. You're done. Right. I'm cutting every time. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got to cut. So, so I think, you know, if it's within the line of scrimmage as far as on the line and in the direction of play, um, yeah, I'm for it. But like you said, when it's the misdirection cutback and a guy's coming from one side and almost like he's not even wham blocking you, right? Right. He's going straight for the knees. That's when it becomes a little bit more dangerous as far as safety is concerned. But, I mean, I, I, it's I a tough go one. to the old school. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a tough, tough one. one. Because – I don't want it to happen to TJ, but if it was if it was Pratt Fryer move doing it on you know uh, Max Crosby, right? <laughs> you know oops. what I'm saying? I'm like, oh well, <laughs> oops, oh well. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, yeah. Glad you have a problem. We don't. <laughs> yes. So so yeah. So I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm torn on it. I mean, I I see the necessity of it. Um, you know, but do I want you to over legislate uh, that specific rule when there's other things we could worry about in the game? To make it safe, um, I know that hiccup is killing me. 
I'm going to stop talking in a minute. Uh, but I, I, you know, I just, I don't, I, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm on the fence. I mean, I can't even say yeah. one way or another. I, I, I'm, so I revert to old school. That's how it's been done. Um, as long as it's not like a crack block, crack back block right, or anything, right, right. where it's a blindside hit, you know, it's just something that, you know, you have to be prepared for. It keeps the awareness, also slows the pass rush. Yes. Um, yes. In a lot of instances. So, yeah, so I, I'm just, I'm torn on. I hate it happened to TJ, but rule as it stands with no bias in it, I'm not against it. I, I have to agree with you. You know, I mean, I, I, I inhaled deeply when TJ was slow getting up. And I exhaled when he was on the sidelines in civvies and, you know, was, would look to be okay. You know what I mean? But he, he, it is a tough one. But it is, it's just part and parcel. You know what I mean? It's just business. business uh, the pro, it's doing business out there. That's what happens. Now, one of the things about it is I remember back in the day when, when Chuck Knoll, he, he, Chuck said, got up and said, you cannot get your knee hurt if you flex your knee into the cut block. And then, then what he wanted to do was he wanted guys to – we were practicing outside. He took the guys, linebackers and defensive backs, and he took some guys and would say, all right, cut block the guy. You stand there and, you know, flex your knee. And everybody's going like, no. Are you kidding me? You know, you're going you're gonna <laughs> to practice a cut block while you're, you're trying to brace your leg and your knee into the cut block. And, boy, it, that didn't go over well. And uh, that I, that was that was soon taken out of the coaching techniques, you know the uh, the cut block drill. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it, it, it's one that we look at it and we're like, okay, you know, I get it. But at the same time, I mean, there, there's still a necessity and there's still stuff that I want to see in that. But there's better ways of doing it. Yes. There's always a better way. Yeah. And we've we've got you know you get, as you know better, you do better. Yeah. And so this is a do better moment. But I'm still in agreement that, you know, for what TJ had happened to him, it was still a legal play. Yes, it's a legal play. Now, the other thing, <laughs> it always takes me back to back your time, your era with Cougs, when the great, the big ragu, the great one, Ramon Foster, whiffed on a heavy bag on a cut block drill. Never seen before, never seen since. But a 350 pound cheese whopper of Ramon Foster. On a heavy bag that was about five feet tall and, you know, it was very wide. And, and somehow he whiffed on it. Remember that? Out of training camp? And we were laughing oh, hysterically. Oh, do I? Do I? <laughs> do I? It was like, uh, bud, seriously? Um, what? You, you know, it, it's in the same exact spot. In fact, it has, actually has not even moved from where you are right now. Um and they're not going to be stationary on game day. They're, they're not. They're not. They, 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 move. they move. They move. So I, maybe you were anticipating that, that the, <laughs> the guy stepped forward. was going to move. The heavy bag was going to be in a different location <laughs> from your pre-snap snapshot. Now, remember, uh, nobody's holding the bag. Nobody. It's, it's by no, itself, freestanding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, are you serious? But, you know, hey, um, God bless you. And... <laughs> Might want to take a wider bucket next time and you don't have to go to the ground. Just... I, I was screaming with laughter. You know, we were sitting on the sidelines there and just, like, you're like, that can't happen. You just, it, you kept telling yourself, I didn't just see what I just saw. I mean, and, and worst case scenario, if you do fall over, roll, log roll it into the guy. Yes. 
You know what I'm saying? Yes. Don't just stand there and lawn dart yourself and then stand there like a garden gnome afterwards and realize I did not accomplish anything this drill was intended for. You know? Oh, oh my goodness. I can't stand it. That was really funny. That was one of the funniest moments I've ever spent on a, on a football field and, and had sheer joy in watching it. And the big rig, you talk about somebody feeling a little sheepish. You guys were hooting and hollering and killing them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because once again, it's the law of the locker room. I, mu- I must degrade you uh, in a public forum if, exactly. if, if I could help it. You know, you just you got to do that. I mean, that's being a good friend. Because if I don't give you those zingers, how, how are you going to combat it when it's somebody that doesn't care about you? You know? <laughs> how true that is, my friend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He, right. he, he has... He who has not committed a sin cast the first stone. In that moment, I hadn't committed a sin because I was on the sidelines, so I threw a stone at you. Simple as that. Exactly <laughs> so, my friend. Exactly so. Well, it's time oh, to close okay. it out, my friend. No, it is. This has been another great show. And once again, great job, Wolf. And great job, Wes. We're getting the lights on there, bud. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Allowing the to see. Yeah, exactly. Keep the lights on, especially when Wolf comes in at 10 a.m. where it's pretty bright outside. Uh, but but we're I, I digress. We don't have windows in there, so it's okay. But uh, but no, you've been listening to us. We'll be back tomorrow on In the Locker Room. You guys take care and uh, have a great day. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.